So today's visit is in the studio of Manyao, who is a Helsinki-based artist who does sculpture. Yes. <laughs> and what else? Um, yeah, I work with sculptures and installations and um, I work with uh, different kind of materials. So they play quite huge role. Physical work is, is, is very challenging sometimes. Mm. I mean, it, with the digital you can always undo. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But it's funny, it's weird. Um, whenever there's the grand application season, I have to work a lot with my computer. So I feel I'm a lot more tired after working with compu computer compared to the physical work. Because work. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I guess it <laughs> depends also how you're used to. Yeah, yeah. You've trained your muscles already. So. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you can tell a little bit about yourself. You come from Helsinki? Yeah, yeah, born and raised uh, in Helsinki. My father is from Hong Kong and my mother was from Finland. I've studied at Aalto. Uh, I did my first master's degree there. Uh, then at the time uh, they still had this program called uh, Ceramic and Glass Art and Design. So I was uh, lucky to learn to blow glass and, you know, focus really on uh, ceramics. And what else? Um, well, I did my second master's at the um, Uni Arts Kuvataide uh, Academy. Academy yeah, of Art. Yeah, okay, Academy of Fine Art. So. Yeah, Academy of Fine Art, and um, yeah. Funny that you, uh, you you said your ma master's was in in ceramics and glass, or the bachelor. The bachelor, and then I continued to. It was called Applied Art and Design. Then it changed to uh, uh, product and special design. Then it changed to uh, contemporary design or something like that. So during my master studies in all the university, the program, there was a lot of changes because it was like, uh, it was moving from uh, Arabia Randa to Otaniemi. Yeah. I never studied in Otaniemi. Otaniemi, but um, yeah, there was they were making a lot of changes at the time. Well, why I say why I say it's funny is because my bachelor was in porcelain and glass. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, in Sofia, Bulgaria, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that you also had that. Yes. But I mean, we we didn't really have uh, the the premises to do glass blowing, so we were mostly engraving or. Uh, like cold work Just class yeah yeah maybe i fused class once and for the whole study okay but, but yeah. yeah well that's cool yeah i uh ceramics and glass are the first materials i ever learned to work with so it's like kind of the base for all the materialistic practice that i do now yeah for sure that is also interesting because i mean ceramics and glass are these very very hard materials yeah yeah it, yes well porcelain is kind of liquid before you yeah. burn it but uh but your more recent works uh include a lot of this soft ribbon stuff oh yeah yeah i normally don't work with soft materials but um yeah i wanted to use silk because the maybe the past three years I've been working on with the topic of exoticization. So I felt I, I wanted to add the silk as an element, but mm. whenever, no matter what I do, I always choose the materials after I have 
decided the artistic idea or something. I, um, yeah, if that made sense to you. Mm. Do you have a plan beforehand, like fully what you're gonna do, or does it change dur- during the process? Um, sometimes, but usually, like sometimes it change, but usually, like it takes me takes me can take a year to plan an exhibition. So the research part is really long, or yeah, time takes a lot of time, and once it's somehow you know, not finished, but when I like kind of know how to frame my idea. Uh, then I choose the materials and since I work with the demanding materials, I need to do a lot of like technical drawings and so on, so that there wouldn't be that many mistakes. Not only because of the time, but also because of the money. Mm. So if I work with silk or, I don't know, a crystal or something, like um, you don't want to waste material that much. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. How do you keep working with porcelain? I don't know, because when I when I graduated from the bachelor degree, I was kind of convinced that maybe I would get back to that mm. material when I retire or something. Yeah. It's so it's kind of challenging to work with. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. For the I think for the past years, well actually yeah, I'm still using porcelain, but um I'm lucky for having my own ceramic kiln, so I can fire here and... Um, that's pretty good. That's really good, like uh, it was an investment, but I need it daily, so I need to have it. And then um, I don't think porcelain is that difficult. I mean, not, I that, it's, I not that it's difficult, but it's like you don't have that much control over what comes out. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you do yeah. have, but then there's always these surprises. Yeah, there is, but it's, I feel, well, I have an electric kiln here, so um, you kind of know what's going to happen there, what's going to happen during the firing. And then I do a lot of test pieces, like, uh, you know, I don't mm. know if you did as well, these small s- yeah, squares, yeah. you test the glazes and then you test how much it bends the, yeah, you know, yeah. the patch of porcelain you're using and so on. So I think you can predict quite a bit with those but sometimes I go to these wood firing like kind of symposiums or like projects because I'm I'm like seeking that unexpected you want to lose control yeah yeah so that's why I go and do the or glass blowing or for example metal casting is like also I, I feel like partly about this yeah but anyways yeah yeah I mean, it's it's very nice. Otherwise, like porcelain can be a, a joy as well to work with, but it's just and then it's 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 pretty slow technique as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's slow. Well, depending. Did you when you were studying or working with it? Uh, did you do the slip casting or hand building with porcelain or the casting? Casting. We were, we were yeah. Making the molds and yeah. Well, in that sense, it's not that long because then, um, then you get the mold and you get exactly what you want to get out of it. So I think it's like it doesn't feel long because then you're like, OK, I'll just do the model, then the mold and uh, cast it and I wire it and it's there. How do you, uh, how do, you do the, the models um, and the molds afterwards? Well, I mean, depends what I'm doing, but um, I usually like to do the first model out of clay because then I can, mm. you know, then it's not too symmetrical or too 
to industrial shape. Um, then I, uh, you know, make the mold out of plaster. Yeah, so pretty. Yeah, we were doing kind of the same. Yeah, yeah plaster. Um, then you cast it. That's it. Yeah. So it feels, to me, it feels like very. Uh, I mean, maybe fast. I'm maybe I'm just comparing it to any digital work. That yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't <coughs> know anything about digital, so. But anyway, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just like a personal curiosity yeah. <laughs> of mine. Um, if we step uh, step back a bit, mm -hmm. when you were starting to become an artist, when you were younger, and how did you even decide to go to to study that? Did you have artists in your family? Uh, no, actually, no. Our, we didn't consume art that much in in my family. Uh, we never went to the exhibitions or anything. But I was in the is it elementary school? Yeah, anyways, elementary school. I went to, what is it called? Uh, Steiner School. You know that it's... Uh, it's a bit more, it's not so, like, it's a bit more open and like Yeah, kind of there's like different way of, ways of learning and... Yeah, you I have heard about, about yeah. that vaguely. Yeah. And you put emphasis on the, uh, you know, like, creativity and lots of drawing and lots of singing and blah 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 but then I switched to the so to say normal school anyways the Steiner school had a little bit influence so it didn't feel that odd to me to think about art or be interested in art but it definitely didn't come from my family um, but I think maybe when I was like in high school I just already knew that I want to do something creative at first I wanted to be a designer I applied to you know Alda University uh, got in and I realized quite soon that okay design designing is not my thing so then I you know started going more towards the fine art or yeah something like that but I was really lucky because I had uh, really nice professors and teachers at uh, Alta or Dyke uh, it was called Dyke before so they were really encouraging me to do this more experimental stuff because I've heard that nowadays in all it's they're quite strict that they want to you know uh, people are not encouraged to do that fine art projects anymore if really? I got oh, I, I don't know I have no idea how it works but that's what I heard from um, some of my friends who have studied there recently I can be wrong. That's a pity though. I mean, I don't know really. I, I graduated yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't say, but yeah. yeah. One main reason why I uh, contacted you for this was because uh, one of our uh, viewers recommended you. I was asking on Instagram uh, who okay, the people cute. want to see on the podcast, and, and, and she, she said your name. So I was like, okay, let's, let's try this. And, and after I uh, checked your website, I was actually nicely surprised to, to see that uh, because I remember the Nuoret exhibition, oh, Nuoret yeah. 2023. So I saw your work there, which was uh, this ribbon-ish mm. wall. And I, I li very much like that work. So yeah. it's a, yeah. Okay, nice two to hear. Nice, two nice things combined now. <laughs> yeah, that's nice to hear. Uh, the work was called Rosy Wallpaper 01. 
So, is there an O2 now? Or <laughs> um, it's coming. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's coming. But O1, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was initially made for Manta Art Festival in English, I think, for 2022. And then I applied for the Nuoret exhibition and I got chosen for Taidehalli and I decided to show that there. And the work is um, again uh, or still dealing about the exoticization and within that work I used as a reference point uh, wallpaper in industry and I combined it with the Shinoiseri aesthetics. And Shinoiseri is not sure, like, are you familiar with it? Not Really? Um, Shinoiseri is a decoration style that was created by Europeans for Europeans in uh, 17th and 18th century. And it's kind of imitating, or kind of, it is imitating uh, like Asian aesthetics. So it's, you know, compressing all the the idea of Asia into this one kind of mm. aesthetical, um, kind of ornamental thing. So I'm using that aesthetics in that wallpaper. And um, yeah, I guess for me, the focus points there are um, the specific materials that I used, uh, which is silk, then Tiffany glass, you know, this, you maybe saw the flowers in yeah. it, and, and then the forged steel, uh, what else, porcelain, and casted aluminium. And then uh, the second, maybe important part was the, uh, the repetition in that work, because it, it kind of seemingly looks like very kind of repetitive toistuva. Mm. Uh, but if you look at it closely, you can see that every single screw was like hand screwed and then the you know the ornaments the uh, metal and glass pieces they look kind of same but then when you look at it closer you realize that they actually forge and every single glass part is like you know hand cut and so on so yeah I think I think I remember when I was looking at that work and I was thinking this must have been such a pain to arrange because there were so many screws there yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was yeah uh, my wrist hurt <laughs> afterwards, but uh, I had uh, really nice technicians helping me to do in the drilling part, and yeah, that worked. How long did it take to put it on? Mm, not that long, maybe two and a half days. But when I did it first time uh, for the Mantan Kuvatara Vigot uh, 2022, that took long, like almost a week or something. Because I, you know, when it was the first time, I wasn't sure how to do it. I was like, <coughs> did many uh. mistakes. So the second time was already a bit easier, luckily. Are you planning to put it again somewhere? Well, no, luckily it's actually now part of Kiasma's uh, collection. So oh, nice. I that's don't need to do it anymore <laughs> by myself. That's but, yeah. great. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. At the time when we uh, put this up, this episode, uh, it's already open your exhibition in Hamgaleria. Yes. And behind us it's, it's some of the parts of that work still in process. Yes, everything's still so in process, but it's coming. It's actually my solo exhibition. I normally don't like to have solo exhibitions. I actually uh -huh. hate solo exhibitions. Why? I feel like, well, I feel like I'm like, I like working with installations, so I want to focus on one thing. 
but having this big space because I think the ham gallery is like it's quite big space already. Do you um, have both both rooms? Yeah. So it like it's it already gave me this like oh too much. Yeah, it could it's be overwhelming. Probably. It's overwhelming and so much pressure. So it's been a long time since I had a solo exhibition. Anyways, but this one is uh, it's it's gonna be called Passage. The installation is gonna be like uh, it's gonna represent uh, this European classical monarch style maze. The the garden. The garden shaped, shaped yes, um, and uh, there's gonna be kind of three parts of it. There's gonna be the the I guess they're called room dividers that creates the path mm. that people can you know walk around then there's gonna be a wheel of fortune or this kind of playful uh, wall piece and then there's going to be these kind of uh, barriers made out of ceramics that there's just test test pieces in the back but yeah anyways but these room dividers they are going to be made out of wood uh, then I'm using a lot of petals so I have collected like at least 5,000 flowers that I have tried uh, what do you call it? Yeah, pressed and... Uh, pressed and... Like a herbarium type of... Yeah, yeah. That's good. Pressed the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I'm using the petals to create these images. Like I cut them into these certain kind of shapes and then there's different kind of images. And next to it I'm also using this Tengue Japanese Japan paper. I don't know if you call it in English. In Finnish we say Japanese paper, but Japanese paper. Japanese I paper. Guess. Yeah, this really thin, so you can kind of see it through. And uh, there's gonna be this uh, kind of wallpaper-like looking um, kind of repetition. But yeah, hard to explain in words. It's so uh, material-led well, work for again. The for the people who would be interested, it's probably going to be open, the exhibition, still yeah. sometime, so they can just go and see it. Yes, till the beginning of January, February, March, yes. Oh, plenty of time. Yes. Good. Yeah. But yeah, so been working on that day and night. I mean, creating work from these different smaller elements and repeating a mm. lot, I know it's very time consuming. Yes, but it's beautiful in the end. Also, I mean, at least I'm a fan of those okay. pieces that are built upon smaller pieces. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. And then uh, yeah, that's a good. Nice to hear that you think that way, because I feel very often people are fan of these like massive things, like this kind of like oh oh my god stuff. I feel personally, I also like smaller stuff or something that you can carry by hand because it feel a lot more human you know what i mean or like human size the bigger but stuff are not no. you can build bigger stuff from smaller stuff yeah yeah something. we are built this way yeah true <laughs> you know we are like this merges of smaller stuff yeah yeah it feels a lot more natural in a way work that way i had the the privilege to do the my first public art piece Maybe you saw it on the website. The I did it. The butterfly. It's like a butterfly. Uh, no, it's not a butterfly. Oh, what am I saying? Uh, hand fan. Fan. Yeah, hand yes. fan. So that one was maybe the biggest, like kind of one piece work that I've done, uh, and it felt 
so overwhelming. So I feel maybe after that experience, I maybe want to keep at least some years for mm. not doing anything too big because it's now. How important is it for you to have the work like handmade by you? Or uh, it's super important. Of course, there's so many stages that I can't do myself. For example, the public art piece, you know, like I cannot cast inside here. So I work with with that one. I work with Lapin Lahti, Taidevalu. Uh, they're great, by the way. So recommendation to them. Um, um, but yeah, I I think it's quite a big part of it because the work would be so different if I wouldn't do it by hand. And I don't know if it makes any sense, but it's it makes sense to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I feel like there is this usually two viewpoints on this matter that some people are very much mm. insisting on having the work done by hand, and others are completely fine with outsourcing and making these huge works that other people make for them. Yeah. So it's, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's not a either or, maybe it's a kind of a gradient of how yeah. it goes. As, as you said, yeah, you can't make everything by yourself. Yeah, no. So, yeah. But I feel, because the, the usually the topics that I'm dealing about in my projects, for example, uh, exoticization it the bodily experience of being exoticized is so important so I think the only way I can kind of you know talk about that bodily experience is by bringing my own body to the process mm. that sounds a bit abstract but I feel like the the let's say the finalist sculpture it looks so different compared if it's done by hand or if it's like you know, made by machines. It just. I mean, this this is maybe different. partly going towards that philosophical discussion of the aura of the of the piece. That uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Walter Benjamin was talking in the, about photography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe it applies to sculpture as well. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it definitely it does, and you can you know feel it how it looks and does it look like I like? Does it look like handmade or does it look like IKEA? I mean, the frame is and the size is very same that you could get from IKEA as well, right? Yeah. But um, it just feels different because it's made by hand. I, I noticed somehow in your work that there is... Uh, uh, f first, there are these very feminine elements in a lot mm. of your work, like the the ribbon, but also the flowers and also the, mm. the fan. Okay, yeah. Um, is, is it intentional or just naturally went that way? Um, I don't know. I think it's it's semi-intentional, and I mean for sure because I'm because I'm the talking about my own experiences, and I am female, <laughs> so it feels and oh yeah, and also because I'm I'm criticizing and playing with stereotypes. So mm. um, yeah, if I'm talking about um, female Asian body, uh, I guess I'm kind of underlying the femaleness in it too because mm -hmm. it you know it affects how uh you know how you're being othered or something if you're female or male or non-gender of course we can only talk about our own experiences you know it's uh, yeah i mean not of course we can talk about other people's experiences but it's 
probably not going to be entirely true what we would say then because <laughs> yeah we know yeah. our experience is better yeah yeah but yeah i never thought them very female but that's that's nice to hear <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's just something i noticed i was uh, also thinking about the public art piece that you you said that you made maybe because when i was studying in alto we had this one course that was about public art and we did mm -hmm. these installations in in Campi in the shopping mall okay that's cool as you said it, it it's very overwhelming somehow because public art is a bit different than if you just do something for a gallery space it's a whole different process for sure yeah because you know when you do something to gallery um, your visitors have decided to go there whereas in public space uh, the people passing by they are forced to look at your artwork maybe if they live around they have to look at it every day uh, yeah um, when I was install it, installing it together with my team I remember just when we got it up there with you know big lifts and so on there was people passing by they were like oh damn that's a weird clock up there <laughs> and I was like oh okay. my goodness but yeah but it's very different and it was a bit huge learning process for myself too um, it, the work was commissioned by Helsinki Art Museum and City of Helsinki so uh, I had someone from Helsinki Art Museum to you know talk about these issues like uh, actually my work had to be uh, how do I say it uh, partly censored as well before doing it uh, because you know I had some like uh, shapes and imageries that were not maybe suitable for the public space and at the moment when we did talked about it I was a bit like oh like fuck no um, but now I totally get it um, somebody would be offended from your fan I don't <laughs> think offended I'm not using that heavy images in my work, but hmm. something. So, um, yeah, it's so different to work in the public space. And then also all the safety requirements are different and what is durable material. And um, and then even thinking to do an, an art piece that should last minimum 100 years. Like, for example, compared to this work, because the petals that I'm using, the flowers, they're gonna expire like maybe in a couple of years. Expire, well, that's an interesting <laughs> word to use for petals. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. date is coming. Yeah, because they are already dead, but they're gonna lose all the like the, you know, the colors and everything. Yeah, and especially when, if it's public artwork somewhere outside and all the atmospheric conditions are even one layer more of difficulty added there. Yeah. Because they, they damage uh, the material way more than if it's inside and protected from the elements. Yeah, yeah. And the Finnish weather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the best. But what did you do for the Kampi thing? I did a projection in the circle there okay, where yeah. the people pass. It's very simple, but then uh, installing that projector in a way that it would be it safe for people. Down. I mean, yeah. of course I knew that I can put it there and it's going to be safe, but for example, my professor was very concerned that it does not look safe. Mm. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. But uh, it was, nothing happened. I mean, it stayed there for, I don't remember how long it stayed, for maybe a week or something. Okay, but that's nice. Yeah. Not too long. But yeah, so it was, it was, 
kind of interactive. At that point, I was interested in interactive art. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was uh, it was like pumping, and the more people passed through, it was pumping faster. Okay. Oh. It was a bit like, oh, this is the heart of Campion. The people are the, yeah. the blood. It was in a way easier than if it would have been some work that would be outside. Because I don't know. It sounds really nice project. Nah. Yeah. Um, there is somewhere online still a video documentation of it. Okay. Because I bet like uh, having a work for one week in Campion is going to be more people than ever in Kuningkantami where the work is installed. So it's like so much more interactions. I don't know. But then people pass by very quickly. Usually they don't care. Are you? Would you do another public artwork? Uh, definitely. And I think I would be a lot more clever or wiser. Uh, I think I did all the mistakes one can do. But you know, learning process. So is it still there? Where, where yeah, yeah, it's still there. Well, then you succeeded. You yeah, I succeeded. I mean, mistakes, no mistakes. It, yeah. it, it is there. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah. So you said you had a team for that. Have you worked with other people before? Like, mm, as I think I always work with people uh, one way or another. Because I always need to outsource some material that is really difficult to get. Or, or I don't know how to drive, so I need to have someone who, you know, drives a van and you know um, so yeah I, I always when I do a project I will always need you know people to help me I meant m maybe more like with another artist as a collaboration of some sort um, yeah I've done quite a bit of collaborations as well um, maybe the last one was uh, shown at Otola do you know the gallery in Vasangatu Theoretically, I know it, but I don't think I've been there. Okay, I recommend to go. It's really nice. It's uh, it's nice and small. There's also always quite interesting stuff uh, happening. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, my previous collaboration was made together with Maya Fox, uh, UK artist, and Vesa Rahikainen from Finland. Uh, he also works at the Kuva, where I was studying. So we made this installation together. I love. I actually love making collaborations not too often, and you have to be very strict, uh, like know your boundaries and make strict rules how to work with it. Because like when there's three artists working together, all of them have their own like opinions, know, opinions and needs, and you kind of have to lose your own authorship in a way. Because when you're doing a one sculpture together, because I have had also bad experiences of doing collaboration. Uh, Whereas in the end, it wasn't sure who made what and who wanted to take what credit and, you know, things got a bit blurry. Yeah. Not in a good way, but yeah. But yeah, I love making collaborations too. It's super important, especially when you are in this, like, lonely studio by yourself. So True, yes. So, yeah, it's nice to, nice to collaborate, I think. In many of those projects that I saw on your website, you are kind of criticizing the European uh, art viewpoint from the uh, Baroque mm, yeah. era, kind of. How did you choose exactly that period? Well, that era has a lot to do with my main research topic, which is the exoticization and especially shinoiseri. I like using that as a reference. Um, so that's why Baroque 
is there in many ways, but since I'm talking about a form of oppression, a form of racism, um, even though it's a personal experience, at the same time it's always a shared experience. In that sense that, for example, certain kind of stereotypes has been used or are being unfortunately used towards like, you know, all Asian women. That's why I think it's really important to use references to history, for example, to maybe understand it a bit, I don't know, not easier, but like kind of seeing where these stereotypes are coming from. And yeah, that's why Baroque, because that's one of the eras where many of these stereotypes were created. But yeah, um, I think it would feel too heavy just to just to load the sculptures with my experiences. I think it's it just it doesn't make it lighter, but it makes it more understandable when I refer something that can be something that has a little bit of distance to me, even though it's about me. Mm. I don't know if that made any sense, but you know, having this historical context as well is important. My personal work, I'm trying to avoid politics as much as possible in it, but that's just a, my personal yeah. take on art. But I, I understand that many people are using their arts to speak up about issues that they are yeah. bothered by. So it's, it is what it is. Okay, okay. Uh, not everybody wants to talk about, uh, or it's not about wanting or more like feeling like maybe they don't find the words to talk about it or something. So just wanted to check how you feel about it. I mean, I might not find the words sometimes, no, but you, you are talking about it more. So it, okay, you yeah. bring the words. Okay, it's, cool. So this is one of uh, one of your main themes, the exo exoticization. This is a yeah, it's a difficult word. Don't twister a bit. Yeah, in Finnish we say exotisointi. <laughs> it still sounds like a hard work to pronounce. Yeah, it's really difficult. I still have difficulties to write it, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. For you, that has been an experience, let's say. Mm. But for me, it's it's quite the opposite. I feel like a person coming from what is usually referred to Eastern Europe, mm. I feel invisible. I'm like, nobody cares one bit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because, like, maybe maybe these ex-communist countries or whatever are mm. were interested in interesting somewhere in the nineties. At this point, I feel like people don't know that much about these countries, but they have some these very old precon preconceptions, yeah, stereotypes. What, yeah, about what it is like in them, mm. uh, and they're just like not interested. Mm. What do you mean by interested? Uh, like the for, for culture of yeah, culturally and uh, f for what you are saying, this exoticization. Mm. Uh, it's when they are at least a little bit curious and interesting. But uh, of course, they have these stereotypes about mm. every other place. Uh, but f for I have to say, I think it's also about the same thing. People, or when I talk about exoticization, people are not interested because instead of uh, you know doing the research and actually getting to know the culture itself, they're not they don't bother to do that. So they make these assumptions and stereotypes. Mm. Yeah, but I, I totally hear what you say about this. Uh, that was a really good point. I don't know much about Bulga Bulgaria either. Like, I don't think it was, there wasn't anything at school 
that would, you know, maybe, you know, something about the history or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to admit that in Bulgaria, there's not that much about Finland either. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. geographically pretty far. Uh, mm. So I guess it's logical in a way, but um, maybe just generally, okay, this is now uh, maybe my own preconceptions kicking in. But no, it's, yeah. it's, it's very interesting to hear. I was just curious when you mentioned that you feel people are not interested, you feel like um, they're not interested here in Finland or in general, like for let's think about like the Western like culture production, for example, like they don't show enough, like, you know, certain kind of movies from you, like, I don't know, just. I mean, I have like, again, the personal experiences uh, I could talk about Finland <laughs> because I, I haven't experienced that much of somewhere else. I mean, it's been so many decades that, that uh, East and West, you know, Berlin mm. Wall fell so many years ago, but uh, psychologically there is still some leftovers, mm. I, I think. Mm. For sure, for sure, yeah. Similar stereotypes must be stronger for cultures that are even further from what people are used to here. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I don't know. But the, yeah, no matter like how strong or, you know, not strong the stereotype is, I think it's like, it's just, it's just horrible to have these stereotypes and imagine like someone person is something because of how it's being presented in American movies, for example. Yeah, which are so reductionist anyway, by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. What is the solution to that? Solution? Is there? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know it's what too it big is. Of a question, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I usually try to avoid too much political talk because yeah, it ends up dividing people. Even if people are talking just in a distance manner, and I feel like in the end it's dividing people. And I'm trying to find a way how to find common ground and points that people can relate to rather than be divided by, if that makes sense. Okay, we took this big detour, but are there some other themes in your work that we didn't mention? Uh, I mean, yeah, depending on the project, there's quite many, but um, maybe I just brought up this exoticizing exoticization because it's been quite pinnalla. Uh, uh, on the surface uh, recent oh. years um, but yeah it depends like uh, on each project what I'm working on but very often it's dealing one way or another the Western culture because that's where I'm from mm. um, and where I you know live live and work <laughs> so one way or another it's about that since your work here is kind of in the middle of the process of being produced right now yes uh, maybe talk about we could talk about the process a bit do you have some specific activities or things that you do when you when you come to work to to get you in the, mm. in the process well i'm quite organized in that sense that i have this wall <laughs> um, i plan how to use every single minute because at the moment i have to say honestly i'm like i'm a bit late so i need to i need to work like every second like tick, tick, tick. Um, but yeah, I plan ahead, usually, 
how in which stage I do what and so on and la la la. It might sound a bit like tiring, but it's 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 the funnest and the easiest part because then you're just like you're kind of executing and you're just with working with the material. But in did did you mean like how the process go in general, like from the beginning to the end, or what am I doing now these past days or? Maybe more generally, but uh, then I realized that, of course, it, if it depends partly on what exactly you're doing. Cause yeah, yeah. But right now I have to say, like, uh, maybe something I want to also highlight if there's any other artist listening this uh, uh, this thing. I realized I've taken too much on my plate. Because, you know, as an artist, you're like, okay, I need to be active so I can get grants, so I can get the studio, so I can continue doing my art, la la la. And um, I feel like this in the last year, I've taken so much as I can because, you know, I don't have rich parents or something. So uh, then I find myself in this situation that the, that in the same week when there's Christmas, I'm here working. So maybe one tip for everybody who's like working with long processes would be uh, don't take too much on your plate. So you, then you don't need to work every single minute. But yeah. I don't know if you've seen there was this image online circulating the life of an artist. <laughs> and it was divided in three stages. And the first was talented, talented kid. Yeah. And then there was a this giant big stage of uh, burned out life and then the end stage was an old weirdo with a studio <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess, I guess i guess i guess i guess we're kind of in the burnout phase right yeah. now oh my god yeah <laughs> but i'm gonna have holiday after the hand exhibition so i'm very much looking forward to that uh yeah you mentioned uh the the grant part of it and the Mm. upkeep of, of being an artist. Uh, how do you sustain your practice? Um, I do a lot of work. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, the grants, grants is I've been lucky for the past couple of years. Uh, I've gotten some grants and uh, awards. And it's the only reason why I have, you know, my kiln and my studio. But for example, for the next year, I don't have any funding. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit, no. No, but like that means that if I don't get grants and if I don't sell any artworks or get commissions, then I do some other job, mm. you know, where whatever I can get. But uh, I try to like as long as possible to do my own stuff because I feel like it doesn't drain me that much compared to the, you know, the other works that I feel more like labor. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if if it would drain you, you wouldn't be an artist for sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a few words now about the studio. You are here in this. You said this. This was supposed to be a storage space. Yeah, when I was looking for the studio, uh, I found this online, and it was you know, it was supposed to be a studio. But then I called to the owner. Was like, is it okay if I use it as an artist studio? And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, but it was. A lot more cheaper, but that also means that there's you know the band camp next to it, so you can hear that dun 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 dun, and then there's no you know there's only one window, so yeah. It's a pretty big space as a space in itself, but then you've 
you're sharing it with other people. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of divided. Yeah, we made these beautiful walls. Uh, I'm dividing it with uh, six other artists. Jussi uh, Niskonen, uh, Elina Vainio, Jaakko Pietiläinen, Herm, well not more Hermanni, but, uh, and then Zakari and Juuso Tervo. Uh, and we've also worked together a lot. We have had this exhibition here called Easy Fit, and then we kind of call this space as Porukalla. Porukalle. Porukalle. It's a weird word that actually Sagaris kid uh, make it up. But um, yeah, we call it kind of Porukalle. So we've done different kind of projects here as well together. That's like the, the dream of many artists too. It is a dream. <laughs> I feel so lucky that we are also because I have never shared studio with this many people. And I was really worried when we were moving in. I think it was 2018. Yeah, anyways, I was so scared that how this is gonna go because you know, you really have to trust these people and you know, get the space and privacy and blah blah blah. And in the end, we ended up you know, working together as well. So, did you move in together with other people? Yes, we were all in the same building, Kallelan Rinnein Kalle, and uh, it's a place like 10 minutes from here. But then the building, they just decided to turn it into a luxury apartments. So we all got kicked out. That's uh, never happened in history before. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's how we ended up here. Okay, so I, I guess you are enjoying being yeah. here with other artists. And it's nice. I can't do most of the physical work that I need to do for my sculptures. But it's working so far. We have a big yard, so if I need to every now and then cut a little bit of metal at night, I go outside. At mm. night? Nobody lives around here? No, this is actually an industrial building, so oh. it's pretty, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. At least sound-wise, you're not going to disturb anybody. Yeah. Um, so how big is your area? About? This is about 40 square meters. Um, but yeah, that's another thing when you're sharing a studio with people with whom everything works is that uh, even though this is 40, but now since I'm testing some of the pieces there, um, you know, we are also giving our spaces to mm. each other. So it feels bigger than it is. I mean, 40 is already very generous. Yes, yes. Because I, I think most of the places I have been to are smaller than that. Okay, yeah. Well, they look bigger. They do? <laughs> yeah, in the film. When I was looking, I was like, damn, people are having so nice studios. <laughs> oh, it's funny, distortion, how mm. people are usually like, oh, yeah, I have all this small space. And then somebody else is watching and thinking, oh, this is such a big space. Yeah. Um, what is the most important element for you in this studio? In this studio? In a studio. Well, Definitely the people. If I need to share, uh, it's the people. Like I said, this studio feels so much be bigger because I have a good people around me. Yeah. So we make things work. Like if something doesn't work, we'll make it work. Um, but from the technical aspect, is a good, uh, what do you call it? Air condition. Air. Uh, the ventilation. Ventilation, yes. That's super important. Um, 
Yeah, I, when you do ceramics, I guess, of course, this is a vital element It's there. super vital and I also build my own kind of pipe things over there when I'm firing. No, but like uh, work safety is super important for me and it starts with a good ventilation. That's like number one, because if you have it work, if your ventilation works, you can do like many things. Would you be in a studio by yourself or would you rather prefer to have it shared? Uh, I actually would rather have it shared also because I use uh, quite a bit of uh, dangerous tools. So sometimes when I'm like, for example, cutting with the blade or I don't know, do something, it, 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 I feel more secure knowing that someone is always coming here because I work with glass and you know, they can find you before you bleed out <laughs> today. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes I work with, for example, behind there, which I cannot show you, there is this uh, bronze, cast bronze piece, and I can't lift it by myself, even though I cast it myself. There are sometimes these moments where I'm like, I do a sculpture and I'm not able to lift it myself. Yeah, I mean, this is the nature of sculpture. It's this yeah. heavy, heavy physical labor. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, I want people to be around me, yeah. I'm looking at the, the, the text on your t-shirt, like oh, online yeah. ceramics. Online ceramics, yeah, it's a... Uh, um, the more I struggle, the more I bleed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to put this one because this one is called uh, Suffering Ceramists. So I thought it would be suitable for this. That's kind of <laughs> me, but yeah. Anyways, oh, very funny. Like online ceramics is like an oxymoron a bit in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have pretty cool T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, are they? Uh, is that their name? Yes. Okay. Yes. The company name and the name of the T-shirt is Suffering Ceramist. So. <laughs> yeah. You you said that you kind of like the moment of losing control with the, with the ceramics, but. Do you have like a sketch beforehand, like what you are planning to do, or do you leave? The, how much do you leave the material to lead your decisions? Not much. Uh, for example, because the, the, I usually combine different kind of materials, so I need to do technical drawings. For example, the one on the wall that I showed you, the spinning one, and that's the one that's going to be at the ham exhibition that is now open. Um, I'm combining glass and metal, so... Mm, very precise materials. Very yeah. precise, and they are kind of, they don't like to be together. They, you know, if you hit metal with glass, it breaks. But wood with glass is a lot better already. But anyways, uh, I need to be very precise and do a lot of technical drawings and then cut it with the right techniques so that they will work. I think it's the same thing with ceramics too. Um, like I said, sometimes I might go to these wood firing, you know, symposiums in order to find this more um, something that I can't env envy it. But um, most of the time, um, not space for the too much material Play, to go around. crazy. Yeah, no. Do you go to exhibitions a lot? Do you visit and yeah, for keep that up to date? I try to. Um, but like I said, this year, like I feel like I've been just at the studio or at work trips, like nonstop. So I haven't seen that many exhibitions this year, for example. But since, like, we do these trips, for example, with the studio mates, 
that we go to our friends' openings or we go to summer exhibitions and so on. So, uh, yeah, but I try to keep up and see what's happening, of course. Yeah, but luckily we have Instagram nowadays. That makes it easy. Follow <laughs> yeah, things, no? definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are some Instagram accounts that you follow? If you want to see like more like, um, how do I say, curated contemporary art, I check out very often or Fluxo. Or yeah. Fluxo. Or Fluxo. Yeah, it's quite big. Uh, I can show you. I follow all Fluxo and uh, then I follow certain galleries, see what they're up to. But this is a like, you familiar with this one? No. No. That's pretty good. Uh, I follow the, you know, my close by Helsinki gallery scene, or I have some favorite galleries that I follow. Um, Which are your favorite galleries? I want to use this opportunity to advertise my friend's gallery called Pitted Dates that is actually located in, uh, at the moment it's located in Hertoniemi. Where is it in Hertoniemi? It's in Hertoniemi shopping mall Hertzi. If I tell you that I've never been in that shopping mall. <laughs> okay. It's so rare that I would go, I mean it's not so rare that I would, it is kind of rare actually. But this is one reason to go and check it out. Yes, but I it's only by a, by the appointment, so but okay. you can reserve it through Instagram. Yeah. I can write this in the description afterwards of the episode so that people can check it out if they if Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. There's gonna be a new exhibition opening in January as well. In the beginning of January or later in January? A week after my opening. <laughs> I'm giving all this like when was your opening? My opening is on the 12th of January. 12th, so that's a week after 12th, okay. Yes. This might be already at the time around the time when the episode will be out. Yes. So, okay, yeah. we will put that there. Uh, there's not specific like, like museums where I go in Finland because I know they would always show a good stuff. It's more like I follow up what kind of um, artists they are presenting, because sometimes Kiasma has something really good and sometimes they don't. Mm. So it's more like following what's in their program and so on. So my question should be then, what artists are you following? interested in? That's also very broad. <laughs> That's like, what kind of food you buy then? <laughs> um, what do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you eat? Um, okay, at the moment. Like what, at the what, moment. What did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> for breakfast? Well... No, I mean, what kind If of I art? would have to somehow categorize it, um, of course I follow a lot of artists who deal about the same kind of topics than I do. Mm -hmm. That would be Candice Lynn or um, Lap Silam, uh, who is a Hong Kongese uh, Swedish artist and was just recently at the Kiasma Ars Fennica uh, uh, exhibition. Um, I'm very much excited to see what Vita, Vita Samoa also studied in Alta. Vita is gonna be representing, or one of the artists representing uh, Finland in uh, Biennale in Venice, Venice Biennale next year. So I'm looking forward to see that. Yeah, just to name a few, but then I love the art that my, you know, 
what Elena Vainio is doing. She's actually the one who is in that room over there. She's having her piece now at the uh, Kuvatila gallery. So five minutes from here. Kuvatila uh, is the gallery of the Fine Art Academy. Yes, yes. And there's so many. Mm. <laughs> They so are, they are, yeah, the, the yeah. world is full of good artists, for sure. Yeah. One thing what I, since now I'm getting older and older, I try to follow what younger people are doing. Like, I try to go to the exhibitions that are like only pop-ups and so on, just to see like what's up. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, it's easy to go to a bigger museums and so on, you just check what's on there, but finding this, what, you know, finding this kind of off-site, exhibitions and pop-up exhibitions uh, yeah that's cool to what extent do you follow some trends because there, there are trends also in, in in arts i think i follow a lot of trends of course you can see it in materials you can see it in topics that people are dealing um, yeah i mean it's kind of when you follow the trends of the contemporary art, you are following the discourse, discourse of the arts. So, mm. yeah, I try to follow it, not always getting it, but I try to follow it a bit, for sure. Are you taking a lot from them in your work, or is it more just to know what's going on? Um, or is that even something you can answer? It's hard to answer, but I believe, of course, there's going to be some trends. If I'm following them, they will affect my work a bit. Yeah, for sure. Where, where else do you get your inspiration? Are there books or movies or websites or whatever it is or places? I think, okay, this is, this is so cliche, but you know, everything you say is <laughs> Oh my God. No, but it can be it's like, uh, I usually the biggest inspiration come when you least expect it, expect it. Like you might be watching a movie and then there's a certain scene that's like, damn, that's the way I'm gonna, you know, mm. talk about this issue or, um, yeah. I wish I would be uh, more inspired by the nature. That would be lovely. So then I would do my research my research trips to like these amazing like nature and forest destinations that would be really nice but I have to admit I'm really bad in nature because we never had a summer ca camping when I was young I never I don't I, I've never slept in a tent actually no yes <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not very good with nature and I have yeah slept yeah. a few times in a tent yeah, you have to, yes. Yeah. I will try it. Before I turn 35, I'm gonna sleep in a tent. That's on my bucket list. Okay. Yeah. It's now recorded, so you, you, you better do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, damn. Um, where are your research trips then happening? Mm. Well, for example, when I um, um, realized that now is the time to talk about a bit more personal experiences of the uh, othering and exoticization, I traveled to Latvia, Rundale Castle. Not sure if you have visited. Anyways, it's this uh, Rokoko Palace in Latvia. Uh, and I traveled there because there is this porcelain uh, cabinet where I took a lot of inspiration for the project I did in 2021 and uh, this year I went to London and I also had an exhibition there but 
on the same trip I wanted to do the or I did these uh, trips to the gardens because I'm working the with them, the mazes. So, you know, it differs depending what I'm working on. And yeah. Well, this sounds like as exciting as nature can be as well, I think. Yeah, but yet still, um, I I've noticed it that all of my research, uh, like physical and geological paces are um, man-built or human-built. Well, thank you so much for mm. agreeing to this and being my guest today. Thank you for the invitation. And um, good luck with the exhibition. I can still say that because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, oh my god. Yeah. It's a, it's a very nice gallery and, and I'm sure you're going to do great. Yeah, let's see. But you know, it's the last minutes. It's always the last minutes is like you feel like everything you've done is like, oh damn. But yeah. And then when you go and put the stuff, it makes sense and it falls Maybe. into place. Sometimes it takes like you have to go through. Sometimes you have to wait like wait like a month, and then you're like, okay, no, I'm happy with it. <laughs>